Hey y'all, Olivia here. Or you may know me as Ed DeFed. I'm sharing my journey going from an eating disorder to now fit and fed. I'm hoping that by sharing with you guys, I can teach you how to gain and maintain a healthy body, mind, and lifestyle. Let's get it. Okay, have y'all ever had a panic attack? Because those shit things are awful. Um, They're scary and they can last from, you know, a couple minutes to a couple hours. Um, And I am here to say I have had everything in between. I, for at least the first three years of my recovery and still today I am coming to you on this podcast for after a two-hour long panic attack um so I still have them um but the first three years of my recovery they were very and I mean very frequent um they would take all of my energy and my sanity out of me um For those of you who have never experienced a panic attack, they are quite literally a episode of extreme anxiety that kind of takes all of your emotions, magnifies them, turns them inside out, and makes you very stressed and confused and overwhelmed and depressed and everything else you can think of. There are ways to manage panic attacks and make them less frequent and less overwhelming and, um, you know, last not as long, but it definitely takes practice, that's for sure. Um, I have been in um, behavioral therapy groups, in support groups, in individual counseling and group counseling, um, family counseling, almost anything you can think of, I have done it. Um, That is just part of recovery. And I would say that is part of the reason that many people, many, um, you know, older adults, people my age, everything in between say that I am beyond mature for my age. That's not like, Hey, look at me. That's just like, yeah, when you go through so much professional advice, um, you learn a lot about life and about how to think about situations. Um, and it's opened my eyes and it has given me the skills to be able to handle panic attacks to um, make them less frequent and last not as long. Um, So it's definitely taken me, as we know now, um, uh, episode three, woohoo, five years to get to the place that I am now. Um, What once used to be a, you know, maybe multiple day occurrence um, is now a, you know, maybe multiple time a month or, or something like that or occurrence. Um, I don't, I don't count them, 
but they're definitely not as frequent. And usually, um, sorry for any guys who are listening, but just man up for a second. Usually they happen the days before my period um, or just during my period when my (laughs) tolerance for stress is way low and my hormones are way high. Um, Or just when other things in my life are going on um, besides everyday stressors like you know finals week or you know someone in my family is sick or it's quarantine or all of the above which is currently right now um but yeah that panic attacks still happen um and they are real things so I know that a lot of people um I have met a lot of people who are like you know uh, get over it. Like you're, you know, don't necessarily understand what a, an anxiety attack and what having anxiety is like. Um, I know that my friends, um, have been really supportive, but have told me that they're like, Olivia, I really have no idea what you're going through. Like, uh, I, I don't know what having a panic attack is like. I just drove past a cop. I really hope I'm not speeding. Um, anyway, oh my gosh. (laughs) But yeah, so it's really hard to explain what a panic attack is like to anyone who hasn't experienced it. Um, but anyway, for those of you who have, I have a few tips that I want to help, that I want to give you that, um, can hopefully help with managing panic attacks. So yeah, here we go. The first is quite literally breathing. Um, Not just like, well, yeah, literally just breathing. Um, When we get in that intense stage of anxiety where um, our, you know, emotions are out of our control, our breathing is the first thing that gives it away. Um, Your breathing speeds up, your breath gets shallower and faster. Um, You probably noticed it. You just get really, you know, like, (laughs) you know, I know I do. And when we can control our breath, we can have better control of our thoughts and emotions. Um, I know that it feels like thoughts are out of our control sometimes, but really what is out of your control is your breath. So if you focus on your breath, your thoughts are on your breath. You can't focus intensely on two things at once. Um, I promise you. Um, When you're breathing, it calms you down. It calms your nervous system down. And breathing slowly. I mean, mean, obviously, if you're breathing, you're alive. That's step one. Um, But what has always helped me And a lot of the time I need, you know, a parent or a friend or, you know, a counselor there with me, or I did in the beginning, to help me count my breath. So I like the square breathing that is inhale for four, hold for four, exhale for four, hold for four, and you repeat that. So it gets your breath slowed down and steady and in a rhythm. Um, not like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, like one, two, three, four. Um, and you mentally count and focus on your breath and it will slow down the oncoming train of emotion and thoughts that feels like, um, is going to, you know, run you over. Um, 
<clears throat> and it's just, yeah, okay, so breathing is the first thing. Um, so square breathing, that's what that's called. Um, there's also, I, I don't, I don't know the technical name for it, um, but you know, you can do five and two. What would that be like a rectangle? <laughs> um, but though that's, that's the kind that's worked for me. You can, you can look up so many different breathing exercises, um, really anything that gets your mind focused on your breath. Okay. That's the first tip I have. Okay. Number two is to lie down and hold something. So I usually go to my bed or the floor and grab, (laughs) I wear, this is like real honesty time here. I grab my stuffed animal that I have had my whole entire life. Um, and I, it's just my comfort thing, you know, maybe it's a pillow, maybe it's your dog, or maybe, I don't know, it's a sweatshirt of someone you care about, or something like that, but for me, it's a stuffed animal, and I lay down on my floor or my bed, and I just hold it as tight as I can, I usually curl up into a ball, and I breathe, and I hold that, and I know that, like, that is my comfort position, right, why I do that is kind of, it's like, it's like getting your stance in football. I don't know. I don't play football. Um, but it's, it's like setting your stance to be ready to, you know, face that hard thing. Um, so it's, it's like my stance to face that oncoming train of emotion, um, and know that it, it's a wave. So that's really what has helped me over the years is to know that emotions come in waves. So you quite literally just have to ride the wave of emotions out. Um, And that's why having that comfort position, that comfort item, and that tool of breath is so important because you're not going to go into, I'm trying to think of metaphors for people who have never had a panic attack or don't have anxiety. It's like, you're not going to go know wrestling why am I going for sports but wrestling you're not going to go into the match and have never practiced you know with a punching bag and without you know gloves and a helmet on like that you're not setting yourself up for success like obviously maybe by I don't know maybe luck you're not gonna you know break something but you need those tools and that protection and that practice and those like those skills I mean you practice is just comes you know with time but those skills like you can prepare yourself for this mental emotional battle that's coming and you can set yourself up get your stance ready you know and have your tools like breathing and I'll mention more but um So the second thing is just that stance, that preparedness, um, uh, because it's harder to knock you down when you have a foundation. Um, I know that you can't always control when panic attacks come, you know, they've hit me in the grocery store before they've hit me in class. They come when I can't find my comfort item and my comfort place and get through it. So what you have to do in those instances is 
well, that's kind of another conversation, but I guess I can get off on a tangent. You, <clears throat> when it, they come, when you're not at home or you're not in a safe place, or, um, I mean, where, where, you know, a, well, you know what I mean. Um, <clears throat> and they come in an inconvenient time. You just, for me, I had to leave the, maybe leave the classroom or leave the grocery store and get to my car. Um, or leave the class and get to the bathroom or something like that. Um, if you're out shopping, you know, go to the bathroom usually was my safe space and just kind of hunker down. I think of it as that foundation. Get your foundation because the first thing to go I, in a panic attack and when you're having anxiety is your breath and your, your physical, your body. Um, you know, you get twitchy, you get, you know, jittery and anxious and fidgety. And that's the pretty sure sign that it's going to come at you harder. So when you can't control your breath and your body, um, it feels, <laughs> the panic attack hits you so much harder because I have had so many panic attacks over the years where I'm just screaming and throwing things and, you know, punching my bed and I, I, I didn't control my body. So then the panic attack controlled me because there was just, I was, I didn't have a foundation and it just knocked me all, all over. And that's when the panic attack lasts for hours. Um, and yeah, I, wow, I really got off on a tangent, but, um, going back. So we're going to go to number three. Now, what is my third tip? So my third tip would be hold on, to be alone. Don't call someone. Don't have somebody there um unless you know unless you know that works for you um I I tried that many times um and it usually ends in making the panic attack worse because when you are overcome by that much anxiety it it kind of controls your uh, what's it called? Like, you don't think before you say, and you say things that you don't mean. So you end up yelling at the person and whatever they do, like anything they do to try to help just makes it worse because there is nothing they can do to make the panic attack better, right? They can hug you, but a lot of a a lot of the time you have to have that, that, that comfort position to just ride the wave out um, I just don't like to move during them. I just hold still. Um, so if <clears throat> they're there, maybe they can hug you or just rub your back or something. Um, but a lot of times I know I got, I get really irritable during panic attacks or when I'm really anxious. Um, so having someone around makes you say things and do things that you don't mean that hurt them and that hurt your relationship with them. Um, and yes, if, you know, there are someone close to you, they'll understand that it's not really you saying them, um, and they're coming from just a place of stress. Um, but as, even if they understand that and it's, it takes a toll, um, right? 
no matter what. So I would just recommend being alone. Like I said, unless you really know that there's somebody that having them with you makes you more comfortable. Um, but I, I would, I would say that it, that's not usually the case. So my next tip, I think we're on number four. I just held up three fingers. Number four um, <laughs> is to when you feel the wave coming down. You know when you're on that downward slope and the anxiety attack is ending. Um, Oh, can I go on a little tangent right here? I'm using the terms anxiety attack and panic attack interchangeably um, because they, they're the same thing. Um, okay, that was my tangent. Um, back to tip number four. So when you're coming down the other side of the wave and um, you're calming down, you can feel yourself, you know, just coming back. <laughs> Quite literally. Um is to kind of ease yourself back into your routine in life. Um, Don't expect yourself to be able to take on what you can normally take on when you aren't in panic attack. Like on a day that everything is going smoothly and you haven't dealt with such extreme anxiety. I can personally attest that it will lead to more anxiety. Um, When you expect yourself to be able to handle the same amount of stress and the same amount of duties um, as you, after a panic attack or before a panic attack, just on a day that you have a panic attack and just have more anxiety than normal, um, if you expect yourself to be able to handle the same um like get the same amount of things done on your to-do list have the same emotional level like be as happy as you are on days that you haven't had a panic attack so when you expect those things from yourself I can personally personally attest that it will lead to eat one either more panic attacks or two depression um, because you beat yourself up. You're like, why am I not as happy? Why am I not getting things done? Why do I not feel as motivated? You know, why is this so hard? Well, because you have you're exerting so much energy mentally and emotionally dealing with dealing with this stress, dealing with that panic attack that you don't have as much to put towards the everyday tasks um, and, and, you know, emotions as you would on a different day. So it takes so much energy, so much energy to go through a panic attack. Um, I, it does so many different things to your body and your digestion and everything like that. But just speaking, you know, how much energy you're burning during a panic attack, it takes so much. And so that is energy that you're not putting towards other things. And so you have to give yourself grace. Oops, that was my turn signal. Oh my gosh. Um, You have to give yourself grace and be gentle with yourself and remind yourself that I am doing, you are doing, that. I am doing the best that I can under the circumstances that I'm in, right? So if you went and ran a marathon on a day 
like on uh, then you probably wouldn't expect yourself to be up to going to the gym and you know going maybe on the walk that you normally do like you wouldn't hold yourself to the same standards maybe wouldn't get as be as productive after your marathon wouldn't be ready to go work out after your marathon right it's kind of the same thing why would you expect yourself to be up to doing you know going and working on a bunch of homework or going and accomplishing a bunch of tasks or something right after a panic attack it just doesn't make any sense because your body and your mind is exhausted no matter how long a panic attack is especially if it lasts a couple hours your body is not ready to go back to your quote-unquote normal it's it's exhausted so my this fourth tip is ease yourself back into the day back into the week right sometimes you days are just harder and it doesn't mean just because you didn't get as many things on your to-do list done just because you didn't feel as happy right doesn't mean that it was less productive or you are less worthy It just means that it was a harder day. It was a harder week. Maybe it was a harder month. It, life goes up and down. And this is something that has taken me a long time to understand. I held myself to such high standards that I would beat myself up so much that I wasn't accomplishing as much every single day. You know, that I didn't, you know meet as many targets or goals or you know that I had for myself like I in a week because I had more panic attacks or something I I don't I hope that's making sense um it's yeah so I'm just gonna bring it back (laughs) to easing yourself in is watch a show right have a snack if I mean, don't become dependent on food to make you happy, right? But fuel yourself because you just exerted that much energy. Let yourself rest. Maybe color. Maybe, I don't know, take a shower, watch a show, go on a walk. Uh, You know, a slow, nice walk in nature. Um, Anything that you find calming. And that brings me to tip number five is to have an anxiety like box or basket. Um, Something, find the things that you know help calm you down, that can distract you, that can bring you away from the stress. So maybe a stress ball or that stuffed and or that stuffed animal, a coloring book and markers. You know, that sounds a little kiddish, but it's completely legit. Like, don't feel bad about yourself going and getting a coloring book because I freaking love to color. Like, what? Like, what? Why is that for little kids? Like, it's awesome. Um, And what else could you put in there? Um, Fuzzy socks. Like, wear fuzzy socks. They they freaking make me feel good. I'm always in fuzzy socks, right? Um, A blanket just those things that when you're stressed that when you're coming out of a panic attack or even going into a panic attack that you can pull that box out 
And you can use those tools and just have them all together and ready to help you face that battle or come out of that battle. Um, it's, it's like I said, it's about planning ahead. It's about being prepared. You know, you can't get the experience, but you can, you know, get the tools. Um, if you, if you don't have a solid foundation, it's, you're going to get knocked over easier and faster. So you may not know what comforts you. You may, you know, just deal with it. Like that is a common mindset for me too, is to just deal with it. Okay. Well, it comes back to having that grace to, you know, be okay, not being okay. That's the first step. Um, be, like I said, be okay going out and buying some fuzzy socks and coloring book and, you know, a stress ball or whatever else. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be afraid to admit to yourself that you, well, not, I don't know. Don't be afraid to be kind to yourself, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So yeah, we'll, I think we'll leave it at those five. So I hope, I hope those are helpful. And I hope that if, if you do have any questions or you don't have someone to be there with you to get you through a panic attack, that you reach out because I am here and I am telling you that I have been through it. I promise. So reach out guys. Um, I love you. And for me, it's nighttime. So have an awesome night and stay safe.